All right. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I'm glad you're here and back listening once again. This is the final, final podcast with Carter Thompson hosting as always. And thanks. I'm sure you just got done listening to my last episode, kind of wrapping up the 2022 NFL season, getting you caught up with the big Aaron Rodgers trade, how that impacts both the Jets and the Packers. Of course, that was just the biggest shoe we were all waiting for to, to drop this offseason. And it happens just a couple of days before the 2023 NFL Draft. This is my 2023 NFL Mock Draft episode. I always love doing one of these. I've got it ready for you right here. 31 picks, not 32 picks this year. We've got 31. The Miami Dolphins had to forfeit their first-round pick for some, I believe it was like tampering charges for when they tried to get Tom Brady to become their quarterback. He was also going to become like a part owner of the Miami Dolphins. It was a big mess. But they had to forfeit their first-round pick for that this year. They do not have one. So that just eliminates a pick in this draft, which means we have 31 picks in this first round that we're going to go through. So remember how this goes, for me at least. I make these picks. I don't do any trades. I don't do any mock trades with my mock drafts here because, one, I feel like I wouldn't get the appropriate compensation for each team back and forth. I don't know exactly how an appropriate deal goes about like if it's if a team is trading up for a quarterback sometimes it's even more than what they they have to give up than what you would assume so we're not doing any mock trades and this is what I think the teams should do given on uh, what players are available at the time when I'm doing these mock drafts and what I think some of their needs are necessarily so if I have a team taking a quarterback and they end up taking a different quarterback in the real draft I consider that uh, pretty close to a win in my in my case for doing a mock draft, you know, they might find something different that they like with one quarterback over another. But without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Let's see if I can do this sound still. Can we hear this? Oh, yeah. There we go. I love getting that sound in here for these. But with the first overall pick, the Carolina Panthers, they traded up from pick number nine with the Chicago Bears, gave up a haul. We discussed that in the last episode. So the Carolina Panthers, with the first overall pick, I think they're going to take Bryce Young quarterback out of Alabama this kid he's a little bit undersized that's what the main concern was with Bryce Young coming out of Alabama but he is the best quarterback in this draft I believe his decision making his accuracy he's still got an arm as well it's just one of those things where if he was six foot one and weighed a little bit more than 200 pounds he weighs like 195 or something like that so if he weighed like 210 or something like that he would be a no-brainer number one overall pick I think the Panthers are still going to go with Bryce Young as their number one overall pick here. He's just the most pro-ready NFL quarterback, two of these guys, and I think he's going to do well with uh, with Frank Reich as his head coach. There's one guy, Ben Fennell, on uh, Twitter that I follow. He works for CBS Sports, works for the Eagles, works at NFL Network during draft time and the combine and stuff like this. I've met him a couple times, and, and one thing that I saw that he talked about with quarterbacks is he talks about Twitch and how how quick they can do, how quick they can get their feet set, how quick they can get the ball out of their hands, how quick their eyes move from one wide receiver, from one progression, one wide receiver to one to the next tight end or to their next read or something like that. He talks about twitch as something that you want to have with your quarterback. And when I was reading that, and then I was looking at some of the tape that he was showing there and some of the other stuff as well, it really occurred to me like, wow, that's actually just a brilliant thing to look into for a quarterback is twitch and how quick they can go from one thing to another with everything connected. Whether it's your feet moving back in the pocket, whether it's your eyes downfield, when it's how quick you can get the ball out of your hand. 
and Bryce Young has really good twitch. I know it's weird to say something like that, but I think Bryce Young would be a would be the perfect quarterback for Carolina Panthers, this rebuild that they're going through right now. And one of those reasons is what Ben Fennell, someone that I follow on on social media and have met a couple times, called his twitch, and that is what Bryce Young has for sure. And I think it's what makes him the number one quarterback in this draft. And so with the second overall pick, all right, yeah, we have the Houston Texans with the second overall pick. And I have them taking quarterback C.J. Stroud out of The Ohio State University. The reason I have, and there's the this is where the draft really kind of starts. Everybody knows that the Panthers are going with a quarterback at number one, but there has been a lot of rumors and a lot of smoke coming around this second pick that the Houston Texans are really interested in taking one of these top edge defenders or one of these top defensive linemen in the draft, which is, we'll get to them in a second. They aren't going to last long in this mock draft. It's Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. It sounds like the Houston Texans are really thinking about grabbing one of these two guys, and they've just been rumors flying around that they're maybe possibly willing to trade back a couple spots for a team that wants a quarterback. But I think in the end, they can't pass on a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. You can't go into another year with Davis Mills as your starting quarterback. And now some people might say, but why not? I mean, next year's draft has two really high-caliber quarterbacks. Why not just tank for one of those guys? There's so many what-ifs and things that could go into next season that you aren't guaranteed to get one of those two guys. What if one of those two guys has a big-time injury, you know, next year in college, unfortunately, you know, and it prevents them from being in the draft or they stay in for one more year in college football, you know? What if they decide to, because now now that you've got NIL deals in college, players aren't necessarily rushing to get to the draft just to get to their money, you know? Some guys might be like, you know, it actually makes a ton of sense for me to stay in college for one more year. I can still make millions of dollars in college football now instead of just going to the pros. So there's no guarantee that even if you get the a top three pick next year that you're going to get one of these guys, a quarterback like Caleb Williams in next year's drafts or a quarterback like Drake May. So when you are in a position to take a top flight quarterback like the Texans are right now, you take him in C.J. Stroud. For And it's just one like this year. They were thought they were going to have the number one overall pick, but then they won the last game of the season. The Bears did not, and all of a sudden, look at that. The Bears controlled the NFL draft this year and traded out of that number one pick. I mean, the Houston Texans' new head coach, D'Amico Ryans, who they hired this offseason from the San Francisco 49ers, he isn't going to try to lose any games. It's his first NFL head coaching job. And as a former player, of course he's not going to try and lose games. So they're not even guaranteed. Like, what if they end up getting five wins, you know, which is something that I'm sure six wins. You know, I'm sure he's shooting for as many wins as possible in his first year as a head coach. So it's just not a guarantee. When you're in a position to take a quarterback like this, you take him. C.J. Stroud can step in day one, be the quarterback of the Houston Texans. He's a very accurate quarterback. There was some questions about his, not necessarily mobility, but just how he plays outside of the pocket instead of just going to his number one option or just being, or just going through one, two, and then going from there. We saw what he did against that Georgia team in the college football playoffs this year. If you didn't watch that game, go watch that game. That was C.J. Stroud at his best. Oh my gosh. I remember watching that game live. That was an incredible game. And that Georgia team has just first rounders sprinkled all over the place. And he was, he put up 40 points against them, almost beat them. And if they would have beat Georgia in that college football semi, 
semifinal game, excuse me, they probably would have won the national championship against TCU. That was just an incredible game from C.J. Stroud, making tough throw after tough throw, and moving a well out of the pocket too, which was creativity was a concern with with his game, and he was throwing off balance. He was throwing on the run. He was <laughs> throwing front, going to his left. He was doing everything you ask a quarterback to do in big time throws in a big time situation, you know. So I think C.J. Stroud will end up being the pick for the Houston Texans. I think it should be. There's been a lot of smoke that they're not going to go that route, but I think they'll end up going that way. With pick number three, then, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Remember, no trade, so right now we're sticking with the Cardinals. And I'm going to have them take the edge rusher, Will Anderson, out of Alabama. This guy is a monster, tackle for loss machine. The Arizona Cardinals just lost J.J. Watt. He retired this past offseason. They are in a rebuilding mode. Kyler Murray might not start the year because of the torn ACL that he suffered this past season. I think Will Anderson is going to be the pick for them to just help restart this rebuild on defense. They have some pieces that they can trade away as well. Some guys that are looking to get traded, requested a trade. Some guys that they just need to get off their payroll as well. The Cardinals are in a full rebuild mode. And they're going to start with Will Anderson as a cornerstone defensive player. And I think that's a good start for them. Then we go to pick four with the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts have just been in absolute quarterback purgatory ever since Andrew Luck retired spontaneously back in, what was that? Was that 2017, 2016? I think it was, or maybe 2017. Anyways, Andrew Luck retires, and now they've just been going from veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback to veteran quarterback for the past six years. For the past six seasons, they haven't had a single quarterback. They have had a different starting quarterback each year. Matt Ryan one year. I believe Jacoby Brissett was one year. I mean, just year after year. But now they need to get a signal caller for the future. They need to build around a young guy. I think Will Levis is going to be this guy. I mean, he has been, there's been talk all over the place that they are just infatuated with with Will Levis and that they are super excited if he if he were to end up on their team. I think if CJ Stroud is there, they would go CJ Stroud also, but CJ Stroud is off the board here, so I think the the Colts would take Will Levis. This is a guy they have Gardner Minshew on the team, but Will Levis could pot, this it'll be a quarterback competition if Will Levis is in the building. And then if he beats him out, he could possibly start week 1. But this guy has a huge arm for the Indianapolis Colts. He could still rely on the run game with the strong offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, but he also ran a pro offense at Kentucky, so I think this is the route that the the Colts would like to go. And then with the fifth pick, I have Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida, going to the Seattle Seahawks. And wow, I tell you what, this kid has only started 13 games in college football, but oh my goodness, this kid is is the size of Ken, Cam Newton with the arm strength of Josh Allen and the speed of Lamar Jackson. And I mean, this is why I couldn't be an NFL GM for this exact reason right here because I I watched this guy at the Combine and I was just absolutely mesmerized. Yes, I fell in love with a player watching him throw a football, run, do jumps, exercises in shorts and a t-shirt. This is why I can't be an NFL GM, right? Because you, you got to watch the tape. But this this guy... You talk about, you know how I talk about uh, projections and high ceiling and stuff like that. I don't like it when you are going to be, when you say this guy has a high ceiling and you got, you say this, you project this guy to do this. 
I don't like doing that if you expect that player to be that right away, right? You say, oh, he can be this, he can do this, he can eventually become this X player, he can eventually become the greatest this, right? I don't like doing that for players if you expect, if you throw them into the fire and expect that from them right away. Anthony Richardson can have the arm strength of Josh Allen and the speed of Lamar Jackson and be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL if you give him the time to watch and learn the game. Like I said, he's only played 13 games, only had 13 starts in college. This guy needs to sit behind an NFL quarterback for at least a year, I think maybe two. And I mean, when you have a guy, and I bring this up all the time, if Patrick Mahomes can sit for a year, any quarterback can sit for a year behind a veteran starter, right? So I think if Anthony, and this is perfect for Seattle, I think. They just gave Geno Smith a reasonable three-year contract. It probably has an out after two years. You draft a guy like Anthony Richardson, all of a sudden you can have the best quarterback in your division, maybe the best quarterback in the conference, if you give him two years to sit behind Geno Smith and learn. Geno Smith knows a lot about the NFL. He has gone through the absolute lows of the lows when he was with the New York Jets. Then he sat behind Russell Wilson in Seattle. Then he got his chance to start in Seattle, won comeback player of the year, had an absolute phenomenal year this past year, threw over 30 touchdowns. You can let Anthony Richardson learn behind a guy like Geno Smith, who's gone through it all in the NFL. I think that would be perfect for him. All of a sudden, Seattle has one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in possibly three to five years, right? If you let him sit, if you throw him onto the field week one, if a team does, like if the Indianapolis Colts or the Houston Texans draft this guy and they throw him onto the field, yeah, that's great. He has all this speed. He has this arm strength. He has this size of Cam Newton or whatever like that. But it doesn't matter. He can't reach this projection that you're putting if you don't give him the chance to succeed. So I don't like projections if you're expecting it right away. I like projections if you give a guy time to learn and let him grow into that projection. I think Anthony Richardson could have that chance sitting behind a guy like Geno Smith. So there's four quarterbacks in the top five picks right there. So then with the sixth pick, I have the Detroit Lions taking Jalen Carter, defensive lineman out of Georgia. This one is a little bit iffy. We'll see how Detroit feels about a guy like this. Remember, he had an arrest warrant in the offseason, actually right up before the combine because of street racing that was going on. I believe it ended up he was street racing and one of his teammates actually died in the other car that he was not driving, of course, but they were street racing. He drove away from the scene. He was arrested for it this offseason. So that's something that the Detroit Lions have to be okay with. Anybody who drafts this kid have to be okay with. But this kid has a chance to be the best player in this draft overall. He can be a game wrecker in the middle of the defense. And you pair Jalen Carter with the two edge rushers that Detroit has in Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston. That is a really young, really good defensive front that the Detroit Lions would be building there. Now, it's just something about character, and I know you know Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes, the front office and head coach of the Detroit Lions, are all about high character, and they just want high physicality, these guys that are going to be giving it their all on the field. That's something that they're going to have to pass with Jalen Carter. If he passes that, then I think it's he goes to the Detroit Lions, and it's just a perfect fit for the Detroit Lions there at number six. Then we go to the Las Vegas Raiders. At pick number seven, I have them taking the first corner, which is Christian Gonzalez 
out of Oregon, and they, the Raiders need help all over the place. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason to be their new starting quarterback after they cut Derek Carr, which I guess I don't even know how I forgot to mention that in the last episode, but they cut Derek Carr. They moved on to Jimmy Garoppolo, who pairs with head coach Josh McDaniels. They need some help all over this defense as well. They need some help on the passing defense. Christian Gonzalez can be that corner, can be their number one corner probably the day he steps in there. So Christian Gonzalez there to the Las Vegas Raiders. They got holes. They could use a pass rusher as well. They could probably use an offensive lineman to protect Jimmy Garoppolo as well. They traded, oh my goodness, I forgot they traded away Darren Waller as well. So they've got some holes on this team. That's why they're picking at seven. But they're going to fill one of those holes with Christian Gonzalez at the cornerback spot. Then with the eighth pick, we have the Atlanta Falcons. I have them taking edge rusher Tyree Wilson out of Texas Tech. The Falcons had, I believe, a bottom three pass rush in the NFL last season. They had, what was it, 30th in sacks last year. Tyree Wilson is going to be one of those. He's 6'6", 270 pounds, really long arms. He's going to be able to get after the quarterback. They need some pass rushing help, and Tyree Wilson's going to be able to fill that need for them. They could also go cornerback here, but they have one of the best in A.J. Terrell on one side. I'm sure they could. They just also traded for Jeff Okuda, the former number three overall pick of the Detroit Lions. They traded for him. He had a little bit of a bounce back year this past season with Detroit. Not bounce back in terms of one of the top corners, but bounce back that he was finally able to stay on the field. So they kind of addressed it there. They're going to give it a shot with Jeff Okuda on one side. They have one of the best corners in A.J. Terrell on the other. They need to get Grady Jarrett some help up the middle. They're going to get that with Tyree Wilson on the edge. This is another spot. You're going to hear me say this a couple times probably. This is a spot where running back could go, and there's only one that I have projected in the first round, and this guy is special. His name is Bijan Robinson. You'll hear. We'll get to him eventually. He's in this first round. Don't worry. But this was probably the earliest you could see him go, but I think they have the running back is just so devalued in the NFL these days, and edge rusher is one of those premium positions, I think that's where the Falcons go with this pick. Now we get to the Chicago Bears, who initially owned the number one overall pick. They traded back to nine. I have them taking Peter Skaronsky, the tackle guard out of Northwestern. This just works out great for the Chicago Bears, I think. Unfortunately, as a Packers fan, this works out great for them. (laughs) But they move back from one. They don't need a quarterback. They have Justin Fields. We saw how explosive he was this past season. I mean, had a breakout. What He was rushing for over 150 yards at points during this season. It was incredible. So they have their quarterback. They could use an edge They could use an edge defender or a defensive lineman as well. The top three are off the board. But you know what else you need to do? You need to protect Justin Fields as he's running around back in the pocket back there. They get DJ Moore. They get a number one wide receiver in the trade back from number one. Now they get a the number one tackle in this draft in Peter Skronsky out of Northwestern. The great thing about Skronsky, too, he can play guard. You can just plug him in wherever they want, except center probably. But they can plug him in on the offensive line, and he's you're pretty safe with a guy out of Northwestern, too, when you draft offensive linemen. Mostly, you're usually pretty safe drafting offensive linemen out of the Big Ten. But Skaronsky is going to help keep Justin Herbert on his feet, if he, whether he's running downfield or trying to find DJ Moore down the field. Either way, Skaronsky is going to help that Bears offense in this draft. Then rounding out 
the top 10, we have the Philadelphia Eagles, one of the Super Bowl teams. They got this pick from New Orleans in a trade that they made last year during the draft, which was just bizarre from the from the Saints. But Eagles picking at 10 here. I have them taking Devin Witherspoon, a corner out of Illinois. They lost their safety, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, to a tr- or to the offseason this year. The Eagles did, so they need to replenish that back end. Devin Witherspoon, they can move either James Bradbury, they can move Darius Slay to the safety spot, and they can slide in Devin Witherspoon to the other corner spot now and still have one of the best secondaries in the NFL after losing a couple of those guys. They can replenish that here in the draft. This Witherspoon guy, if you have watched some of his tape, oh my gosh. He weighs maybe like 170, 165, but he is so physical, it's unbelievable. He run through, he runs through wide receiver blocks, he can run through screen blocks, and he is just an absolute animal when he gets to the ball in tackling as well. He's great in press coverage. This guy is just incredibly hard worker, and it's just it's fun to watch him play because I tell you what, he is physical, and I think they're going to love him in Philly, and this just seems like a perfect fit after losing a guy like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So that rounds out the top 10. We move on to pick number 11. This is a team that I think could trade up to try and get a quarterback. We know I think that the Arizona Cardinals are a team that is definitely looking to trade out of number three because they don't need a quarterback. And there's going to be a team that might want to jump a team like the Indianapolis Colts to get a quarterback before them, whether it's a team that likes Will Levis more or they like Will Levis a lot. The Tennessee Titans are a team, I think, that would be willing to trade up to number three to get a quarterback of the future, maybe sit a year behind Ryan Tannehill, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Either one of those guys could use a year to sit behind Ryan Tannehill, learn the game, and then start the next year so that they can move off of a high-priced quarterback. But here they are, stuck at 11. I have them taking a wide receiver in Jackson Smith in Jigba, I mean, they just needed help at pass catchers outside of outside of Traylon Burks. I can barely think of any of their wide receivers. Like the, uh, there's like Westbrook Ikina, Nicole, Nicholas Westbrook Ikina. I believe that's their wide receiver too. I don't even know who their tight ends are right now. So it's Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and Traylon Burks. This offense is in desperate need of more playmakers. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a great route runner, six one. He's got great size, great hand. He's just, he had that monster. He had that monster season. His junior year was limited this past season with some injuries. I think he played maybe three or four games, maybe two, even. But he set a Rose Bowl record for receiving yards. I believe he had almost three hundred and fifty receiving yards on like twelve catches, three touchdowns. This dude is, has similarities to the likes of, of Justin Jefferson, not necessarily the same as Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying they're a one-to-one match, but he has a lot of similarities to Justin Jefferson. This team needs playmakers on the offense. I mean, I know they're very Derrick Henry-centric, and they can still be that, but when you have a threat of a receiving group, I mean, just you remember what you saw when they were the number one seed in the AFC. They had A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. That was the, the threat. You couldn't let A.J. Brown go for 150. And then if you try to protect from A.J. Brown, you get Derrick Henry running for 200 yards. So if you get Traylon Burks, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, that'll help out Derrick Henry a lot. I think Derrick Henry has at least one more really good year, 1,500 yards rushing in him if he can stay healthy. I think he can do that one more year, but he needs help. He can't have eight-man boxes loaded up against him. 
Otherwise, he'll never get there. So I gave the Tennessee Titans the best wide receiver, I think, in this draft. That's Jackson Smith in Jigba. Then at number 12, we have the Houston Texans again. They didn't take an edge rusher up at the number two pick. I told I think they should have taken quarterback there. That's what I gave them. Here they get their second first-round pick. I have them taking Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. This is another guy that had a wow combine, running like a 4.39 at 230 pounds or something like that. This guy has incredible speed coming off the edge, rushing the quarterback. And, and the Texans just need playmakers all over this team. I would have given them another wide receiver to pair with C.J. Stroud, but they just need playmakers everywhere. I think Nolan Smith is going to be one of those guys that can help bring speed to this defense and help get after the quarterback because they, they, just, they just need help all over the place. They could trade this pick down to get more picks, but they need help all over the place. All right, then at pick number 13, this is where the Green Bay Packers select now. Remember, they traded up from 15 to 13 with that whole big blockbuster Aaron Rodgers deal. Little pick swap here. I have the Packers here taking Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle out of Ohio State. This is a pick... For both now and in the future, Green Bay is most likely going to have to trade or cut David Bakhtiari next year, unfortunately. His cap hit is going to be almost $30 million, I believe, for an offensive tackle, which is unheard of. Right now, the top offensive tackles are going for just north of $20 million. And next year, his is going to be—it actually might be closer to $40 million, considering how much they have pushed out his contract. Paris Johnson Jr. can be the left tackle of the future, but can also be the right guard of the now. Packers need to get the best five offensive linemen on the field. That would probably look like David Bakhtiari, John Runyon Jr., Elton Jenkins. If it's Paris Johnson Jr. who I gave them here now, it's Paris Johnson Jr. And then Josh Neiman, John Runyon Jr. Uh, I said John Runyon Jr. I'm sorry, Josh Myers as well, the center that they have. There's, those are probably your six top offensive linemen in this case, and you need to get the best five on the field. Paris Johnson Jr. started out at guard for Ohio State, transitioned to left tackle his senior year or this past season for them. This is a this is for a now and the future for the Green Bay Packers. Help protect Jordan Love, who's your new quarterback one. You, If you want to see what you have in Jordan Love, keep him off the ground. Give him some protection. Let him find Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, whoever else you get out there, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, guys like that. Keep him off the ground. You'll get a really good evaluation of your quarterback when you actually see him throw the ball. Then, when you have to cut or trade David Bakhtiari next season, you don't have to worry about starting a rookie left tackle. You can move Paris Johnson Jr. out there. It just gives you the flexibility. I think this is the smart way to go for the Packers. I know a lot of Packers fans want Jackson Smith and Jigba to fall to them at 13, Packers haven't taken a wide receiver in the first round since 2002. We all know the stat. I know a lot of Packers fans want them to take a tight end in the first round, whether it's Michael Meyer or it's Dalton Kincaid or it's Darnell Washington. It's just that the return on value for a first-round tight end hasn't panned out a ton. Kyle Pitts was the number four overall pick last year, or two years ago, was it? Two years ago now, and it's just not looking like a winning move for the Atlanta Falcons. It doesn't move the needle enough, you know, for that team. I think they can this is a very very deep and very good 
tight end class. I think they can find a fantastic tight end in the second round. That'll really help this team, maybe even in the third round if they need to. It just doesn't make sense. I think a tackle like Paris Johnson Jr. here would be the perfect fit for the Green Bay Packers. At 14, the New England Patriots, I have them taking Broderick Jones, another tackle out of Georgia, doing a little bit of a run on tackles here. But the the Patriots have some holes on this team as well. They could use help in the playmaking department if Jackson Smith and Jigba fell here. They could take a wide receiver like Jordan Addison or Zay Flowers. I have them solidifying the offensive line. We'll see what they do at quarterback. There's rumors that they want to move off of Mac Jones already. We'll see, but they need to solidify their offensive line first. So I have them taking Broderick Jones, the tackle, out of Georgia. Then at 15, this is where the New York Jets pick. We know for sure it's not going to be a quarterback. <laughs> they just traded for Aaron Rodgers. We went through all of that. What you need to do for a 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, though, is protect him. They have a couple question marks on this offensive line, whether it's is Mekhi Becton ready to play? They have maybe a question at guard. Dwayne Brown is your old left tackle that you might still have to be playing. I have them taking a tackle in Darnell Wright, tackle out of Tennessee. One game that really impressed me that if you watch is the game when Tennessee faced off against Alabama. He really held his own and actually stopped the number three pick I have in this draft, Will Anderson, the edge rusher out of Alabama. That was a fantastic tape to watch for Darnell Wright. I think he can be the starting right tackle for Aaron Rodgers in the New York Jets. That was I almost said Green Bay Packers there. But Darnell Wright, you need to keep Aaron Rodgers on his feet. Otherwise, you're not going to get good use out of him at 40 years old. He's not going to be able to escape like younger quarterbacks are. He can still escape every now and then, but if you you don't want him running for his life at 40 years old. You want him getting it to the playmakers like Brees Hall, like Garrett Wilson, like Alan Lazard, like McCole Hardman, guys like this that they brought Aaron Rodgers in to throw touchdowns and get them to the playoffs for the first time in, what, 13 years. So I think Darnell Wright to the New York Jets makes a lot of sense for them at 15. So there was a little run on tackles, 13 through 15. At 16, I have the Washington Commanders taking Deontay Banks, a corner, out of Maryland. This is a spot, this is another team that I think could trade up into maybe the number three spot if they really, really wanted to. It's going to take a lot to get up there. But trade up to number three for a quarterback. They're going to go with Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, they've said. And since I'm not doing trades, there's no quarterback here that I think that they would take. So they need some help in the secondary. And in that, they go with Deontay Banks, the cornerback, out of Maryland. Then, with pick 17, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this just lines up all too perfectly. With them at pick 17, I have them taking Joey Porter Jr. That's right, son of former Pittsburgh Steeler linebacker Joey Porter Sr. I mean, they need help in the secondary, the Pittsburgh Steelers do. I know they took or they just signed Patrick Peterson. That's to a one-year deal. They need to get younger in the secondary, and Joey Porter Jr. can do that. This is just also just great in terms of the NFL family with Joey Porter Jr., son of is just a great Steeler, Joey Porter Sr., the linebacker. I'm worried I'm going to mess up the senior and junior here while I'm talking, and you all get confused. But so I'll just make it quick in terms of I just think how cool is that, that you get to play for your dad's team if you get drafted to this situation, that would be just such a cool experience for Joey Porter Jr. And it's just not, I'm not doing it just because, 
oh, wow, hey, Joey Porter Sr. played for the Steelers. Let's get Joey Porter Jr. No, the Steelers need help in the secondary as well. Joey Porter Jr. is an absolutely worthy first-round pick corner out of Penn State, and it's something that the Steelers need help with. They could also look at offensive line, but I had the top four offensive linemen go already before the Steelers. I don't think they're going to reach for one here. So I think Joey Porter Jr. just makes good sense for the football team. Also very cool that his dad used to play for this organization as well. That's secondary. Of course, that's not the main reason why the Steelers would draft a guy like this. So then we get to pick 18, and the Detroit Lions are on the clock for the second time in this draft. This is pick 18. I have them taking wide receiver Jordan Addison out of USC. Weirdly, the Detroit Lions now need help at the in their wide receiver room. They just unfortunately had an incident with their team where they had to release a wide receiver in Quintez Cephas. They had to suspend wide receiver Jamison Williams for six games because, and then they had to, I believe, cut another guy. I'm not sure if he was a receiver or a special teamer. Either way, three to four players on the Detroit Lions were caught gambling in the new in the Detroit Lions facilities. The two guys that got cut from the team were suspended for a year indefinitely because they were betting on the sport of football. Just stupid. We've seen that the NFL comes down hard on players betting on the game of football, harder than they do on some other punishments. That should be... Anyways, that's neither here nor there. We've had that discussion. But those guys were suspended for a year too indefinitely. Those guys were cut, including wide receiver Quintez Cephas. Wide receiver Jameson Williams was caught betting on other sports but at the Detroit Lions facility so you can bet in the NFL these players can bet on other sports they can bet on the NBA they can bet on college basketball they can bet on hockey they can bet on golf they can bet on that stuff you obviously just can't bet on the NFL but you cannot place these bets on NFL grounds like you can't do it at the stadium can't do it at the team practice facility you can't do it on the team plane you can't do it when you're on the road at the team hotel you know, I believe that's where Jamison Williams got in trouble, their first round pick wide receiver last year. So Lions are a little thin in the wide receiver department. They lost DJ Chark. He goes to, I believe, the Carolina Panthers in free agency. It's just basically Amon Ross St. Brown now on this team. No Jamison Williams for the six for the six games. So you bring in Jordan Addison, the wide receiver out of USC. They're, this Lions team is going to be very exciting. You shore up that defensive line with Jalen Carter at pick number six if they're comfortable going that route with some of his questions off the field. Now you shore up this offense with another wide receiver, Amon, Moss, Amon Ross St. Brown. He is a legit number one wide receiver in the NFL. You add a guy like Jordan Addison, you have a number two wide receiver now. You've got exciting pieces in the backfield with DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, guys like this, Jared Goff still steadily leading this team. And then you got a very solid offensive line. The Detroit Lions are a they're going to be a fun team. They're going to be a lot of people's pick, I think, to win the NFC North next year. So we'll see how this all works out for them. But they're going to need some help at wide receiver after having a couple guys suspended to begin the year. Next, we go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at pick 19. I have them taking safety Brian Branch out of Alabama. This is a guy that can play all over the secondary. He can play in the nickel. He can play deep safety. He's very versatile, had a lot of experience in Nick Saban's defense. And this is, this is another team that, like I said, I'm going to mention the teams that I think should or could trade up for a quarterback. And when you need 
a young starter. This is another team. They just signed Baker Mayfield this offseason. He played for the Rams. He impressed there in a couple of games. He's going to probably win the starting job there in Tampa Bay, but I don't think Baker Mayfield is probably going to be the long-term solution. So if they really like a guy, if they like a C.J. Stroud, if they like a Will Levis, if they really like an Anthony Richardson, you're going to have to trade up to pick number three to get the quarterback. If, if I don't think pick number two is for sale from the Houston Texans, so pick number three is definitely for sale, but you're going to have to give up a lot if you like a quarterback outside of Bryce Young. Obviously, I'm not doing trades, but Brian Branch here, the the Buccaneers are probably going to be in rebuilding mode this offseason. So, I mean, you, they have tradable pieces, tradable veterans. This is a team that could use pieces all over the place, whether it's tight end, possibly another receiver if they decide to move on from Mike Evans. Offensive line, they moved on from left tackle Donovan Smith. They've got holes all over the place. Brian Branch is one of the best players available at this point, and if they need help in the secondary, he can play your nickel, he can play your deep safety as well. Pick 20, we have another team picking for the second time. This is the Seattle Seahawks. Took Anthony Richardson. I gave you my whole synopsis on why he think I think he would be a great pick for them at five. Here at pick 20, I'm giving them edge rusher Miles Murphy out of Clemson. You remember how last offseason, the Seattle Seahawks basically rebuilt their entire offensive line in just one draft. It was incredible. They took Charles Cross, the left tackle, out of where was he out of? Was he out of Mississippi State? Might have been out of Mississippi State. Not don't quote me on that one. But Charles Cross, they took him at pick nine. Then they took Abraham Lucas. I believe he was out of Washington State. They took him in the third round or something like that. They've got two bookend tackles for the next ten years. These guys were both fantastic for them. They rebuilt their entire offensive line in one offseason, basically. Now they've got to do that on the defensive side. Miles Murphy is a big, powerful pass rusher. They're going to need some help on the on, on the pass rushing side if they want to start to compete going further in the playoffs instead of just making the playoffs. I think they just barely missed the playoffs this past season. So now they're going to rebuild this ed rush or this pass rush. Miles Murphy is a pretty good start right there. Now we move into the 20s. We are at 21 with the Los Angeles Chargers. I have them taking tight end Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. They need more we- they need- I think they're going to have to unfortunately trade Austin Eckler this offseason. Most likely otherwise he holds out. He wants a new contract. He has been absolutely phenomenal for them out of the backfield Austin Eckler. But he has been underpaid as running backs tendedly are and they have a higher chance of getting injured with all the hits that they take coming out of the backfield and stuff like that. If they lose a guy like Austin Eckler and don't replace him at running back, they're going to need more weapons for Justin Herbert. You've got Keenan Allen, who's getting a little bit older. Mike Williams, who sometimes struggles with injuries. If they can get a guy like Dalton Kincaid stretching this team down the middle, pair him with a Gerald Everett, now you've got four receiving options. Dalton Kincaid is possibly pass catcher number two in this entire draft. If you go Jackson Smith and Jigba is the best pass catcher, you could make the argument that Dalton Kincaid is the second best pass catcher. He has resemblance to what Travis Kelsey does in terms of finding a way to get open, being a mismatch over the middle of the field. This could be a real weapon for Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers offense. They could go that route if they do end up having to trade away Austin Eckler. They could go the running back route, the Bijan Robinson way. One of the top 10 prospects, one of the top five prospects for a lot of these draft experts and analysts 
in this draft. He is that good of a player. It's just unfortunate that he plays running back, you know. But if they end up trading Austin Eckler, this is the spot where I think Bijan Robinson makes a lot of sense for a team, you know, where he's not in the top 10. I don't think top 10 running backs are going to be a thing much anymore. Maybe just, I mean, like I said, the Falcons are a team that could take him, Bijan Robinson. The Eagles could possibly, if they really wanted to, at pick 10. After that, he probably, he's going to go in probably the 20s. The Chargers are a team that he could probably end up with. And it makes a ton of sense. And you wouldn't question him for it. So we'll see. But right here, I have them taking Dalton Kincaid. I'm just assuming that Austin Eckler is still on the team. I haven't decided on any trades for him yet. But Dalton Kincaid in this offense with the Chargers would be a lot of fun. Just the way that he's able to get open, the mismatch that he is at tight end. He's he's a big wide receiver. Just a hair slower, but he is a big wide receiver that lines in line at tight end. Then we go to pick 22 with the Baltimore Ravens. They still have not signed Lamar Jackson. He's still negotiating that contract. Other teams can offer him a contract. I talked about this in the last episode. We'll go into more detail on, well, I don't know why other teams aren't. That's the problem. But we'll go into more detail on why it makes no sense that they aren't doing it. But in this scenario, I'm assuming that that Baltimore is going to re-sign Lamar Jackson at some point. They actually did sign Odell Beckham Jr. this offseason. I don't think he signs there unless you know Lamar Jackson is coming back. But he still needs more help on this offense, so I'm going to give them wide receiver Zay Flowers out of Boston College. This guy is he's explosive slot receiver. He's five foot nine, but wow, you pairing him with Odell Beckham Jr., I think it's a match made in heaven. you got your outside number one receiver, in Odell, you got your slot receiver in Zay Flowers, and you got your possibly best tight end. Uh, that's not true. Your second, the second best tight end in football, possibly in Mark Andrews, and then you pair that with the running threat of Lamar Jackson in the always good running game that you have in Baltimore. Whether it's J.K. Dobbins this year, whoever else they have in the backfield, they have new offensive coordinator in Todd Monken as well. I think their offense could be a little bit different, and that's why you need a wide receiver like Zay Flowers, who I think could help them out a lot. Pick 23. This is my fifth quarterback in the first round of this draft. I have Hendon Hooker, quarterback out of Tennessee, going to the Minnesota Vikings. I think the Vikings need to start thinking of life past Kirk Cousins. He's in the final year of his deal it's just it's, you you know you're not going to get over the hump with Kirk Cousins. We have tried. They have tried for many years. It just doesn't happen when the playoffs come around. And now Hendon Hooker is a guy. He's on the older side for quarterbacks. He's 25. But he had a fantastic year in Tennessee before he went down with injury. But the nice thing is that you don't need him to start this year. You're obviously still going to start Kirk Cousins. Then you can have Hendon Hooker be your quarterback of the future. You know what you're going to get in him. He's 25. He's got a big arm. He ran a little bit of a possibly a simplistic offense in Tennessee, but this is a great play, and he's going to sit for a year. He's going to learn. I think this is the fifth-best quarterback in this draft. They need to start thinking of life past Kirk Cousins. I think Hendon Hooker is the way to do that. They could go other routes, but this is a way for Kevin O'Connell. I mean, he's going to go into his second year as head coach. Do you really just want to keep extending Kirk Cousins? Now your career is tied to Kirk Cousins, and all of a sudden now you're no longer the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. They also need help on the defensive side. It could be a corner, like a Emmanuel Forbes type guy. They love taking corners early there in Minnesota. But I think 
it's time to look past Kirk Cousins and Hendon Hooker could be that guy. Pick 24 to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have Osiris Torrance, the guard out of Florida. They have a hole on the offensive line now in Jacksonville. They lost Jawan Taylor to the Kansas City Chiefs this offseason. And I think you just obviously you need to protect Trevor Lawrence. You know this is a franchise quarterback. I mean, you just pulled off one of the was if if not the most the largest comeback in playoff history or one top three largest comebacks in playoff history. I think it was the largest, one of the largest comebacks in all of football in NFL history. A twenty-seven point comeback in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence threw three pick, four picks. I'm sorry, in the first half, and you still ended up winning this game. You have the guy at quarterback. You have the weapons, actually, on offense. Calvin Ridley has been reinstated from the NFL. He's going to be your wide receiver one. You've got guys like Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Evan Ingram at tight end. You need to give Trevor Lawrence time to get the ball. You have Travis Etienne coming out of the backfield. You need to give Trevor Lawrence time to get the ball to these playmakers. I think you've got to start at the offensive line in Osiris Torrance, maybe the best guard in this draft. Is a good place to start for them. I think this will help them. I think I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be running the AFC South division for a while. Unless someone gets a quarterback to rival what Trevor Lawrence is, the AFC South is going to be the Jaguars division for a little bit, I'm starting to think. With the good head coach they have in Doug Peterson as well, something something's going right down there in Jacksonville, and I'm excited to watch it. For sure. I, I, I kind of like Trevor Lawrence. I was a big fan. I became a big fan of his after seeing what happened to that organization during his rookie year and how he handled it and not throwing anyone under the bus and what happened with all the Urban Meyer stuff and stuff like that. I became a fan of, of Trevor Lawrence, and I'm liking what they're building down there in Jacksonville. Osiris Torrance is going to help them keep Trevor Lawrence on his feet, delivering the ball to these weapons. Now... We go to the New York Giants. They need some receiver help. They traded for Darren Waller. They've got a nice weapon now at tight end. They still have Saquon Barkley. He hasn't signed. I believe he is on the franchise tag. We'll see if he signs that. They signed Daniel Jones to a big contract. I was pounding the table that he's going to get $40 million a year. He got $40 million a year. I don't know if that's necessarily the right move, but now you're stuck with him for at least the next two to three years. So you better give him some weapons. I mean, you've had guys like Sterling Shepard that have been off injured all the time. You traded away Kadarius Toney already. Wide receiver Quinton Johnson out of TCU. Big guy, 6'2", 6'3", almost. This is the kind of number one receiver that Daniel Jones is going to need on the outside. You can have Darren Waller line in line at tight end. You can put him in the slot as well. You'll see. We'll see who else can stay healthy at wide receiver for this team, but they need some help at weapons, and Quinton Johnson, I think, is a good one for them to start at wide receiver here in this draft. Now we go to the Dallas Cowboys. This is another spot that Bijan Robinson can go, and I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Jerry Jones pulled the trigger here. They'd released Zeke Elliott. That was a big deal for Jerry Jones. Zeke Elliott was Jerry Jones, maybe a top three favorite Cowboy of his of all time. Obviously, it just wasn't working out. He was getting up there in age. His contract was huge. Tony Pollard came onto the scene last year, even though he did. Did he break his ankle or was it a knee? He did have a pretty big injury, but they're expecting him to be ready for the start of the season. And Tony Robin or Tony Pollard, I'm sorry, had a huge year this year. So they were ready to move on from Zeke. So if, if Tony Pollard's not ready, though, I could see him taking B. 
Bijan Robinson, but I have him instead taking Michael Meyer, the tight end, out of Notre Dame. This guy is basically Jason Witten 2.0, and we know that Jerry Jones loved Jason Witten as well. They lost Dalton Schultz in free agency this year. He went to the Houston Texans. They're going to replace him. Dak's still going to need some weapons, and you know how he loves the tight end as well. So now you pair C.D. Lamb with Michael Gallup, Michael Meyer. You got Tony Pollard coming out of the backfield as well. That's still a pretty nice set of weapons there for Dak Prescott to work with. I think this is the right move. This is also one of the better, probably the, well, maybe the second best blocking tight end in this draft. He's a very, he's probably the best all-around tight end when it comes to blocking, receiving. He's also great at contested catches. Whether these guys are right on him or not, he's still going to make a play on the ball, and most of the time it's going to end up in his hands. This makes a ton of sense for the Cowboys after they lost Dalton Schultz to free agency this year as well. Michael Meyer to the Cowboys at 26. Now pick 27 is where we finally see Bijan Robinson come off the board to the Buffalo Bills. This has been a while, and it's been a while wait for Bijan Robinson. Like I said, a lot of the draft experts and analysts have him as a top five overall player. He's just a running back in that in that position has been so devalued in the NFL. You see, like this is why Austin Eckler has requested a trade to get a new contract. He has not. He's being very much underpaid as a guy that's scoring twenty touchdowns a year. We see it with guy like Saquon Barkley. This is why he doesn't want to sign the franchise tag because he's only it's it's only one year of guaranteed money where these guys can get injured so quickly and these guys they just get replaced after four or five years. You don't see many big contract running backs anymore. Derrick Henry is not even 30 yet, but we're already talking about when's the end for Derrick Henry, you know? So that's why you just don't see running backs getting taken that early in the draft when you can just, I mean, you Isaiah Pacheco was the number one rusher on the Kansas City Chiefs for this Super Bowl win that they just had. He was a seventh round pick. That is what we're also trying to say. You can find impact running backs very good, very impactful running backs late in the drafts. You can't find a guy like Bijan Robinson, though, this late in the draft. And this guy would, I mean, Buffalo, their offense is already the top in the NFL. I don't even know what it would look like with Bijan Robinson. You got James Cook there as well. Then you got Stefan Diggs. You've got Gabriel Davis. You still got Dawson Knox. Oh my goodness, though, you would have immediately probably a top 10 running back on this team, which is something that they haven't had. And Josh Allen has talked about it, how he needs to probably sometimes stop being just a football player in terms of taking it himself, taking all these big hits, and start being more of a quarterback, you know, and stop running it himself. If they get Bijan Robinson, I promise you, Josh Allen will stop taking that many hits. Bijan Robinson is incredible to watch at Texas. And if he falls all the way down to Buffalo, this is going to be a problem for offenses. I mean, oh my goodness. But this would be just, to me, the perfect pairing. I would love to see Bijan Robinson in Buffalo. I'm a big fan of Josh Allen as well. I think this would help him a ton, having a running back like this. Because right now, they are just been going running back by committee. Uh, this guy here, this guy there. Whether it was James Cook and Devin Singletary last year, you know, they tried to rifle in, uh, who's the guy that they just got from Indianapolis? Oh, Naeem Hines. They just signed Damian Harris this offseason as well. I mean... These guys are good running backs, but if they need a difference maker on this team, Bijan Robinson is absolutely a difference maker. I think in Buffalo, 
honestly, he could be a top five running back after his rookie year. That's how running backs come out of college. They are immediate impact guys, but they, they just rifle through them so quickly, and it's, sometimes it doesn't work. But when it's late first round, to me, that's when it can, it can make a ton of sense. But now we move on to the Cincinnati Bengals at pick 28. Made it to the AFC Championship game this past year. I have them taking Kalijah Kansi, a defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. They need help stopping the run. This guy has, again, when we when we say similarities, this is just for you to imagine what he what some of his comparable comparable traits are. I'm not saying when I say he has some similarities to Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that because this is the next Aaron Donald. I'm saying he's undersized for a defensive tackle, but he has the motor and the strength to still get in the backfield past these bigger offensive linemen. I am not saying he's the next Aaron Donald. I'm saying he has similar traits to Aaron Donald. It also helps that he comes from Pittsburgh as well, which is where Aaron Donald went to college also. But just undersized defensive tackles that continuously go and have the strength to get past these interior offensive linemen, that's something that... The Cincinnati Bengals, you need in the AFC. You need pressure from the outside on the pass rush, which they have in Sam Hubbard and a couple of these other guys. But you also need it up the middle, too. Otherwise, a guy like Patrick Mahomes will just step up in the pocket. Josh Allen will step up in the pocket and escape that way. Kalaja Kansi will help this team in that sense there. Then we are at pick 29, where the New Orleans Saints pick. Remember, they got Derek Carr this offseason as their new quarterback. He is also with back with his former head coach in Dennis Allen. We'll see what his, well, boy, his wide receiver room. He's got Chris Olave, which is nice. We'll see if Michael Thomas can finally come back from injury. But they need to still, this defense is got a lot of holes and some struggles on it. They just lost Marcus Davenport to free agency this year, so they need a new defensive tackle. I'm giving them Brian Brissy. Defensive tackle out of Clemson. This guy was the number one high school football recruit just maybe three or four years ago. He's had some struggles with injuries. I believe he also had some personal family struggles that he had to go through as well. So this guy is tried and tested. And we'll see if he still has what made him the number one recruit coming out of high school. But this guy could be an athletic freak up the middle for the New Orleans Saints all the way down at the end of the first round. So that could make a ton of sense for them there when it comes to shoring up that defensive line. Only two picks left. Remember, we're doing 31 picks with the Dolphins forfeiting their first-round pick. We're at pick 30, the Eagles, their second first-round pick. We'll see if they move around the board. I have a feeling they're not going to stick at picks 10 and 30. I have a feeling that Howie Roseman, we see him. He likes to wheel and deal and make trades. I think he'll be moving up and down this draft board. But at pick 30, I am giving them Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa. This is just a pick that, I mean, they they need to replenish. They're starting to get older along their defensive line in Philadelphia. And I think this is a kid who actually didn't even start for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I don't know how. I don't know what the heck they were thinking there. But they start older upperclassmen in Iowa. But they need to get younger along the defensive line, whether it's Brandon Graham, whether it's you know Fletcher Cox, who could be moving on in a couple of years, Derek Barnett as well. Lucas Van Ness can be, he's a powerful pe- pass rusher. In, limited, in the limited time that he had in Iowa, but they need to start getting younger at the defensive line 
in Philadelphia, and that's what this that's what this team does. They have they didn't lose a ton of guys. Like I said, they lost a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Now they got to replace. They, I have them replacing him with Devin Witherspoon. This is just reloading for a team that just went to the Super Bowl, which is a nice thing for a team like this. You know, they they signed Rashad Penny at running back. This is probably the class of the NFC right now. So when you can use your first round picks like this, when you can use your first round picks like this just to shore up depth with younger players, that's an incredible opportunity, especially when you just paid your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, to be the highest paid quarterback in NFL history at $51 million a year. That's incredible. Now you get younger with Devin Witherspoon and Lucas Van Ness. This is absolutely a team that could go right back to the Super Bowl. And these two guys are high impactful players that can still, they might, I mean, Lucas Van Ness might not even start for the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, he didn't start in Iowa, but he's got all the traits of a big time pass rusher in the NFL. And he's got the, he's had the production in the limited time that he had at Iowa, but he might not even need to start for Philly. That's how good of a position they are in right now. And then last but not least, we have the Super Bowl winning Kansas City Chiefs. I have them taking Will McDonald the fourth, an edge rusher out of Iowa State. They lost Frank Clark this offseason. They had to cut him for salary cap purposes. They're going to need more edge rushing to help out Chris Jones. This team, whether it, ha- I mean, as long as it has Patrick Mahomes at the helm, is always going to be in Super Bowl contention, picking guys near the end of the first round, most likely. If you can get impact guys at the end of the first round, you're in a good spot. And Will McDonald could be a starting pass rusher for them day one with the bend and speed that he has coming around the edge. They've got, they're getting a little bit younger. They have George Karloftis on one side, their first round pick last year, Will McDonald, the fourth on the other side. And all of a sudden now their pass rush is still just chugging right along. Like it was last season with George Karloftis, Chris Jones, and then Will McDonald, the fourth. All right. That is my 2023 NFL mock draft. I will run through the picks really quickly for you here. I'm not going to say that. I'll say the team, whatever. Ready? So at one, you got the Panthers with Bryce Young. Texans at two with CJ Stroud. Will Anderson Jr., three to the Cardinals. Will Levis, quarterback to the Colts at four. Quarterback Anthony Richards to the Seahawks at five. Defensive tackle Jalen Carter to the Lions at six. You got Christian Gonzalez, the corner, to the Raiders at seven. You got Tyree Wilson, the pass rusher, to the Falcons at eight. Peter Skaronsky, the tackle, to the Bears at 9. You got the cornerback, Devin Witherspoon, to the Eagles at 10. Jackson Smith and Jigba, to the Tennessee Titans. Nolan Smith, the edge rusher, to the Texans at 12. You got Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle, to the Packers at 13. You got Broderick Jones, the tackle, to the New England Patriots at 14. You got Darnell Wright, the tackle, to the Jets at 15. Then you got the cornerback, Deontay Banks, to the Washington Commanders at 16. You got Joey Porter Jr. to the Pittsburgh Steelers, the cornerback. You got Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, to the Detroit Lions at 18. You got Brian Branch, the safety, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got Miles Murphy, the pass rusher, to the Seahawks at 20. Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, to the Los Angeles Chargers. You got Zay Flowers, the wide receiver, to the Baltimore Ravens at 22. Hendon Hooker, the quarterback, to the Minnesota Vikings at 23. Osiris Torrance, the guard, to the Jacksonville Jaguars at 24, you got Quinton Johnson, Quinton Johnston, the wide receiver, to the New York Giants at 25. You got Michael Mayer, the tight end, to the Dallas Cowboys at 26. Bijan Robinson, the running back, 
to the Buffalo Bills at 27. Kalijah Kansi, the defensive tackle to the Cincinnati Bengals at 28. Brian Brissy, the defensive tackle to the New Orleans Saints at 29. You got Lucas Van Ness, the edge rusher out of Iowa to the Philadelphia Eagles at 30. And Will McDonald, the fourth, the edge rusher out of Iowa State, the last rounding out the first round to the Kansas City Chiefs. All right. That is my 2023 mock draft. Here's my final thought on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. Draft day trades. I mentioned it. Who could possibly get traded? Players already in the NFL. We're talking about veterans here. In the last episode, this time on draft day, here's who I think is actually going to get traded. I think DeAndre Hopkins will get moved. He's got a big contract. He's willing to rework it with whoever trades for him. It's looking right now like it's possibly going to be the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs. Honestly, they only might have to give up like a fourth or fifth round pick. It's not going to be a lot. For He's like 32 now at this point. He's had some injuries recently, which is the problem. It's, it's just kind of starting to remind me of what's happened to Julio Jones near the end of his career, you know, when a guy like that has had one of the best wide receiver careers in NFL history. But now it's just he's 34, and, you know, he's just not the same player he was. I think DeAndre Hopkins still has at least one, I think two good years left, but it's at that price tag of $27 million a year, it's only going to cost you a fourth or a fifth-round pick. I think he gets traded. Buda Baker, a safety from the Arizona Cardinals, he has requested a trade. For some reason, I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later. It's going to cost like a second or a third-round pick from someone. Delvin Cook, the running back from the Minnesota Vikings, he's been a cap casualty trade that has been floated and rumored out there. Miami Dolphins have been a team that's rumored for him as well. I think he's going to get traded during the draft, and that'll cause uh, some sparks as well. Some guys I don't think get traded. I don't think Austin Eckler will get traded. I think I just have a feeling that he's going to work it out with the Los Angeles Chargers. Something's going to happen there. They don't have to pay Justin Herbert yet. You don't lose a big-time weapon, a top-five running back like Austin Eckler, when you have a cheap quarterback right now. You're going to have to pay him in a year, but now just pay Austin Eckler now. Front load his contract so that you can then still have him on the team, and then when you have to pay Justin Herbert, then maybe you lose Austin Eckler. But I don't think he gets traded. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to get traded either. So those guys, I think, will stay with their teams. But those are some of my predictions on some draft day trades that we'll see that will really shake this NFL draft. Those are always fun. And then my final, final thought on this episode of the Final Final Podcast. Here's my bold prediction. We've never had this before in NFL draft history. We've been close, but it's never happened. I think QBs are going to get drafted one, two, three, and 4 in this draft. I didn't do it in my mock draft because I don't do trades, but I think someone's going to trade up to number 3, and we're going to have quarterbacks go one, two, three, and 4. It's never happened before in draft history only twice has it gone quarterbacks drafted one two and three back in 2021 when it was trevor lawrence zach wilson and trey lance they went one two and three and then back in 1999 i believe tim couch donovan mcnab and i think i'm missing somebody else i'd have to double check but in 1999 three quarterbacks went drafted one two and three happened in 2021 i think here in 2023, we are going to get one, two, three, and four. Panthers are taking one at one. 
I just think that the Texans have to take one at two. I think someone like the Tennessee Titans, maybe the Washington Commanders, maybe even someone like the Las Vegas Raiders, if they want to plan for the future, trades up to three, and then the Indianapolis Colts at four. Maybe the Colts trade up to three even, and then someone trades up to four. But I think we're going to get quarterbacks going one, two, three, and four. That is my bold prediction. All right. That is all I have for you on this episode of the final, final podcast. Thank you for listening and tuning in to my mock draft episode. Always one of my favorites. Tune in to the NFL draft tonight, or I'm sorry, yeah, tonight probably by the time you're listening to this. I'm very excited to see how it goes. We'll have a draft recap, a draft reaction episode as soon as we get the full three rounds, I'm sorry, three days, seven rounds of the 2023 NFL Draft. All right, thanks for tuning in. And as always, you were listening to The Final Final.